Blog Talk Radio. You are solely responsible for your interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA. You understand that the Love Zone USA does not in any way screen its listeners, nor does the Love Zone USA inquire into the backgrounds of its listeners or attempt to verify the statements of its listeners. The Love Zone USA makes no representations or warranties as to the conduct of its listeners or their compatibility with any current or future listeners. In no event shall the Love Zone USA or Blog Talk Radio be liable for any damages whatsoever, whether direct, indirect, general, special, compensatory, consequential, and or incidental, arising out of or relating to the conduct of you or anyone else in connection with the use of this service, including without limitation bodily injury, emotional distress, and or any other damages resulting from communications or meetings with other listeners of this service or persons you meet through this service. You agree to take reasonable precautions in all interactions with other listeners of the Love Zone USA, particularly if you decide to meet in person. In addition, you understand that the Love Zone USA makes no guarantees, either expressed or implied, regarding your ultimate compatibility with individuals you meet through listening to the Love Zone USA. The Love Zone USA. The Love Zone USA.
Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Love Zone USA. It's yours truly, Mike T. We are here on this uh, day to uh, get you in the mood to groove tonight. Ah, yeah. As we always say, it's the Love Zone USA where you can listen to your heart. We live, love, and learn. We're here to educate, elevate, and most importantly, entertain. I'm your host. My name is Mike T. I'll be here till 10 p.m. on this uh, Thursday as we normally do it. We'll keep it that way. And uh, we got a pretty, I guess, uh, invigorating, I want to call this show this evening. Invigorating. Yeah. We are here again to educate during this Christmas season. And the uh, title of the show I'm going to get into in just a little while, but I want to remind everyone this is the Christmas season, so be sure to give. Yeah, as they always say, it's better to give than to receive. And this is the month for it. Christmas season. Yeah. And um, make sure you... uh, Spend it with someone you love or a friend, family, whomever. But I always say in closing, we're not closing now, but it's better with two. It's more fun with two than one. We're going to get into this show in just a little while. It's uh, my pleasure to bring it to you on this Thursday as we've been doing some shows that uh, I hope that you've enjoyed, especially the one with uh, Nat Robinson, our uh, friend, who gave you a... uh, Insight and sort of like a master class and blueprint on how to uh, form a record label. And if you're not looking to form one, if you just want to know the inner workings of one from a guy who built it from scratch, be sure to check out those episodes. Uh, you can check them out on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, and uh, our friends over there at Spotify. Be sure to check that out. You can download the free app on any of those uh, platforms and just type in the search, the love zone USA, and you'll be able to pull up our shows from the last, I guess they post 300 episodes. They don't post all of them. We're going to get that changed, but the last 300 episodes, you'll be able to see uh, the Nat Robinson part one and part two that we did recently and um, check them out. I think it'll be, Very educational for many of you, and if you have friends or family who are getting ready to enter into the business, be sure to pass it on to them. So tonight, I'd like for you to uh, pass this show on to all of your friends and family members listening, because we are going to educate here on this uh, Thursday. The name of the show, well, the question is, more of a question than anything else. And the question is, are black women being used as pawns to break up the black family? That's the question. Are black women being used as pawns to break up the black family? We'll have our special guest around 830 or so. His name is Armani Valentino. He's going to be here as my guest to uh, help me break down this uh, interesting um, segment that we had to have tonight. And if you'd like to call in and you have some comments or you have some uh, things that you want to add to the uh, discussion, well, we'll give out the phone number in just a little while. Yeah, that's right. We're going to let you chime in as well tonight, so be sure to stick around. So with no further 
to do, it looks like I'm going to take it to the music. And we're going to get into that right about now with a gentleman that I have to have on this show. I just love his sound. He made my entire summer of 2019. And here he is. We're going to take you down to the coastline. His name is Mr. Richard Elliott. And that's the title of this song on the LoveZoneUSA.com. Love 
The Love Zone USA. Back to back to back to back to back to back.
beautiful sound of Mesa on the Love Zone USA. It's yours truly, Mike T. She's talking about daydreaming here inside the Love Zone. And don't forget, we are getting ready to gear back up. And in just a few weeks, wow, guess what? It'll be 10 years. 10 years. And uh, we're working on a 10-year celebration that I've been here on the Internet. The Love Zone USA will be celebrating its 10th birthday. Yeah. I'll be celebrating mine, but we don't, you know, talk about ages around here anymore. <laughs> but we're going to be celebrating our 10th year anniversary all year long. So we got something really special planned for you. As I probably mentioned before, and I'm going to mention it again, we are in the midst of going 24-7, 24 Hours a day, seven days a week with our station, where, you, as you probably know now, that we broadcast during the week on various shows. And, uh, you know, it's about six hours a week with the shows that we have on the platform now. But we're going to be going 24-7 with some new shows, some old shows. You'll be here able to listen to a lot of the past uh, episodes that we've done all the way from the very first one. We're going to even uh, bring that one back. The very first one 10 years ago on the Love Zone USA. I trust that you you guys will be around and uh, check it out and tell your friends about it. It's going to be a year-long celebration. Again, 10 years on the Internet here on the Love Zone USA with yours, Julie Mike T. And I think thank all of you for being around and hanging around with me that long. Matter of fact, I think I got one of my listeners on the line now. Let's go check and see before we get into our show tonight. We're going to get into that in just a little while. Hello, is that uh, Felix? Yeah, yes, Mike. How you doing? And congratulations. Oh, I'm doing great. Let me let me turn this up a little bit so I can hear you. I guess you can hear me, right? Yes. Hello, Felix. Can you hear me? Yes, 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 I can. All right, all right. How you been? Oh, man. Well, it's been a long road. You know, I had to spend some time at uh, the SS Overlook. I think I saw that online. Yeah, I think I saw that a while back. That's why I was checking. Yeah. How you feeling? How you doing? I'm doing a little bit better. I'm doing better. I'm doing better, okay. you know. I, I You know... Good. Since I got out and everything, I've been, like, trying to catch up with everybody. Because I got oh, people okay. like, where you been? Where you been hiding? I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not hiding anywhere. Just just making sure that the, uh, everything is working fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me about it. And I'll tell the viewers, even though you don't think it's something wrong, Go get checked out because one minute you might be uh, on your feet doing whatever. Next minute you're on your back. And that's absolutely. No absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're glad you're getting back on your feet on your feet and, uh, you know, able to celebrate this Christmas and going into the new year with all of us, you know, and that's great. Advice for oh, yeah. all the yeah, listeners I out there. Plan on that. 
I definitely plan on it. I'm so glad that you're with us. I'm so glad that you're with us, Felix. All right. Yeah. You hang in there, my man. I'm getting ready to get on and get into this show tonight and uh, okay. bring our guest okay. on in just what, a few. What, so, What's the topic about? Oh, we're talking about uh, black women being used to break up the black family tonight. Ooh. So we're going to. Okay. I definitely am going to listen on that one. <laughs> We're going to get pretty deep tonight So this is going to be one for the uh, As we say we're here to educate Elevate and entertain I think this is going to fall into the education uh, Bucket tonight Yeah So hang in there with me I'm going to get back to some mu- more music Felix and uh, if I don't talk to you beforehand You make sure you have a great holiday This Christmas season Okay my man You too Mike You too. You too Alright hang in there Hang in there with us all right, that's one of my longtime listeners here on the
special days It's so wonderful My words can't explain But there is nothing said better Than this moment together I have Christmas Talking to young Jim Brown, James Brown, he's telling me that uh, his rhythm and blues uh, are rooted in Southern gospel singing. Now, he's a Southerner, of course. He was born in Augusta, Georgia, where he worked on a farm, picked cotton, worked in a coal yard, and always sang his songs. So we are delighted to present James Brown on our stage on this show. So let's have a fine welcome for our very fine talent.
because of the fact that uh, we're in a a state of, uh, I guess this show is going to go back in time, so to speak, in a little ways, because I have uh, my good buddy here, Mr. Armani Valentino, which I'm going to bring on in a second. But the reason I played that song was because back then, James Brown was talking about pride. And he was made that song because he wanted to uplift black people black men and women together not the, just the black men but the women as well and so he made this song I'm black and I'm proud because he knew radio would be a vehicle to encourage to uplift and everyone who played that record as a DJ would have it in the ear on black radio of black people and because of that, it spread pride. It was during the time of the 60s. Muhammad Ali was was uh, feeling his oats. And, you know, he was talking, talking, talking stuff, talking shit. <laughs> and he was backing it up. <laughs> he would say things like, yeah, in five, you won't be alive. Round five, you won't be alive. I'm going to make him get on his knee in three. Yeah. And it gave black people a lot of pride back then. It gave people a lot of black pride. We're going to talk about that tonight because I have a good buddy on the line, which I'm going to bring in right about now. Armani, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Let me see if I can turn this down so I can get my... uh, I guess, uh, yeah, let's turn that down a little bit. Um, what I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the other monitor, I think. Hold on, bear with me. We're going to turn on the speakers here in a second. Right over here. Put you through that one, take you off this one. And let's see if you can hear me now and I can hear you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. There you go. There you go. All right. I'm going to put this over here because that's a little giving, giving us a little feedback. And uh, Armani, as, as you listen to the song, I have something that I'm going to play before we get into our show tonight. Um, the name of the show is 
uh, black women being used to what I want to do is play a segment of this first segment, which is coming from Louis Farrakhan's daughter. And this first segment is going to set up the questions that I have for you, our audience, and we're going to take it from there. So right now I'm going to get into this first segment. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Louis Farrakhan's daughter, and we're going to play this for you because it goes in line with all black women being used to break up the black family. Today, brothers and Here sisters, she is. reverse roles. Who is working today, brothers and sisters? The black woman. Who's making more money? The black woman. Who is more educated? The black woman. Whose world are we in? The white man's world. He allows in his world to put the woman in front. If the woman is in front, she's taking the role of who? The male. In the Bible and in the Quran, it says man is the maintainer of woman. But in the white man's kingdom, he reverses that which God has made nature for us and natural. He reverses our nature. And he puts the woman in front. He makes his society where she can go out and be employed. But when you come and ask for a job, oh, I'm sorry. You are overqualified, not qualified enough. We just gave the last job to another person. So your woman is out in front of you. She's working. She's bringing home the bread and butter. He's got her bamboozled because now, with a little money in her pocket, she starts getting a little heavy voice. With a little money in her pocket, her mouth is uncontrollable. What is she saying to you? Father, she's saying, I make the money in this house. I pay the cost to be the boss. If you don't like what I say, you know what to do. She's not seeing the bigger picture, the hidden hand. She's not seeing the hidden hand of the white man, the slave master. We have the appearance of being free, but he's still in all of our affairs.
And there you have it. So a black man has to go out and get a job. He's going to uh, be looking for, you know, his livelihood for him and his family. Nine times out of ten, he's got to interview with a company that power and authority is in a white man's hand, white person's hand. So on that note, that's what uh, Louis Farrakhan's daughter is talking about. And it's not that black men aren't smart, black men aren't intelligent, black men aren't trying, black men are lazy, none of that. It's the fact that it's called supply and demand. When my father and many black men uh, that were of his age back in that day, they could get a job because why? Supply and demand. White man needed him. Why? Because the jobs that he was farming out to black men, you needed a strong back. You needed to stand on your feet for eight hours. And you, they call that working hard. White men did not work hard. They worked smart with minds back then. But when they farmed those jobs over to Asia and Mexico, then they had no need for black men to uh, with strong backs. What they did dump into the black neighborhoods was a thing called drugs. And if you've gone on Facebook, you've probably seen a drug dealer um, recently. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the video, and then I'm going to uh, ask my question to Armani. And we're going to get this party started. It was a black drug dealer that said, have you seen a gun store in your neighborhood? Now, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I live not too far from Newark. I grew up in Newark. I can't find a gun store in Newark. Can't find one. Don't know where one's at. There are no gun stores in the city of Newark. Yet there are plenty of guns in black neighborhoods. Back in the day, there had always been drugs in our neighborhoods. And if you look at cocaine, that comes from Colombia. I don't know many black men that fly planes from Colombia to the United States, if you get my drift. So on that note, let's go to Armani. Armani, after you've listened to Louis Farrakhan's daughter, and I found out something about Armani uh, yesterday when I spoke to him, I'm going to turn the mic over to him, that... Um, he knows a lot about the uh, Muslim, you know, the nation of Islam. And we'll let him talk about that. But the bottom line is what, what, what Louis Farrakhan's daughter is saying, Armani, what comments do you have about that? Uh, I would say, first of all, I'm glad the sister actually spoke up and said something. You know, any, anyone, but definitely any sister who's willing to, to uh, put a different perspective out there is um, – should be respected, um, especially in a time where many people uh, don't see uh, that point of view. And so what do I say? I, I say there's uh, quite a bit of validity to what she's saying. Uh, that's, in, in short, definitely a lot of validity to what she's saying. And she's a woman, so she's experienced that. She has um, friends of hers who I'm sure are of different races as well as of different religions and walks of life. And um, she, you know, she knows those challenges uh, from the female side. I'm sure. Right. 
And now when we talk about what she's talking about with women getting a little heavier voice and, you know, I'm the boss of this house because I make the money. It's not that black men are taken away from their achievements, their degrees, Mm -hmm. what they've achieved. It's, it's, it should be an understanding that the two of them should be working together. And what, what is your take on those women who say, I don't need a man, I'm independent. And when that argument comes up that, uh, Louis Farrakhan's daughter is talking about where women men want to take control because they are more they are making more money in many instances than black men. What do you say to that, Armani? Well, I think the first thing I would say is, you know, in, in all religious um, walks of life that I know of, for the most part, um, men either the head, or it's you know lifted to be you know lifted to be that the man is the head. Or that they are equal in in the you know in their contribution to the relationship, okay. And so I think that when people, uh, women, oftentimes and men, oftentimes that head, if you're the head, that's a responsibility, and that responsibility is more than just financial responsibility or to be the one making more of more money. You know, it's a spiritual head, I guess you could say, and so. I think that when it comes to women who cook like that, those are usually the women who end up with nobody. They, on one hand, they'll say they want someone, and then when they get someone, they run them off, and they run them off through uh, actions and 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 uh, uh, mindsets that are like what you just what you just mentioned. If you if you don't need a man and you think that money is the supreme being, then yeah, you don't need a man, and you're going to end up without a man, and you're basically going to be paying for men. And you might get a man who who puts up with what you know what you want temporarily, but when he's tired of that, he's going to go on about his business. You know, no no amount of money can I guess you can say buy a man or try and make a man feel like a man if you're the woman in the household and you're making more money than him. If a man's not being respected, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how much money you make. Doesn't matter how good you look. You know. Absolutely. That's what I. And that brings up the divorce rate, and and there's a number in the black community that say seventy percent of the black women are single. Now, absolutely, we can go into a whole another show with black men being in prison, black men being unemployed, black men yada yada yada, or black boys uh, that I know of. I've heard more of it in recent years than I've ever heard of it in my life that there are more black boys with ADD or ADHD. Mm-hmm. I hear that about young black girls. I only hear it with black boys, and they are drugging them with uh, Ribolin or whatever the drug is. I'm not sure. I'd have right. to have a social worker to tell me what that drug Ritalin. is. It's not Ritalin. Ritalin. Okay. To, to, to calm these boys down. But it's, yeah, it's for the my, boys. It's not for the girls. And right, it's mine. It's, and it's some of the same drugs. Some of the same. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But my question is, I saw a study, and I recently saw this, that said that the government put out a study that they could look at the reading and math levels of mm-hmm. boys 
one, uh, no, grade one through five, uh-huh. and based off the reading math scores, they knew how many prisons to build. I don't Absolutely. know if you've seen that, but no, that, I'm, I'm that, very familiar that, with that. What, what's your take on what's what's your take on that? And when when they say the article specifically referred to boys, not girls. So well, I'm very familiar. What's your with take that. on that? I'm very familiar with that. I tutor, I tutor, uh, do a lot of math and reading tutoring. Been doing that since I was 17, so many years. And what, that's one of the main things when I get boys who don't understand uh, what they're up against. You know, they don't understand what they're up against. And you know, it's been going on for quite some time. And so since it's been going on for quite some time, anytime there's a plan against you, you have to be vigilant against that plan. And as a woman, you can teach a man how to do certain things. You can teach him to be a good good person. But you cannot teach a man how to be a man and how to navigate through this society as a man. My mom told me that. I'm glad that she told me that. You know, she said, listen, I can't teach you how to be a man. You know, your daddy wasn't around. I taught you how to be a good person. I helped you develop a relationship with God. You're going to have to figure out that man part on your own. And I said, it's been one of the hardest things I think I've ever had to do out of anything I've done is figure out how to be a man amongst men. You know, because a man amongst men, you can tell a man amongst men. Hmm. Versus a man, a boy that's trying to be a man amongst men. Well. Looks like we got a caller on the line. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the phone line. I don't know who it is because okay. I didn't get a chance to check in advance. But um, I'm gonna bring this caller in and bring him on the line here because I guess the uh, subject uh, they have something to say. Hello, you're at the Love Zone USA. What's your name and where are you calling from? What's going on, brothers and and also sisters out there? What's going on? What's, What's your on, name? Brother? My name is Equani. Calling from South Carolina. Okay. All right. South calling Carolina from South now. Carolina. All right. And what would you like to uh, comment on uh, via the, what you've heard so far? Well, basically, I, I think I heard you guys uh, hitting on a lot of uh, different points. Uh, even uh, you know, just recently, you guys were speaking about the children. Uh, you, you spoke about the, the men. Uh, I think you, you you guys even spoke about the the current atmosphere. Uh, the dynamic of the infrastructure in which we we have to deal with, and you know, I think it's statistically proven, it's factually proven. It isn't a conspiracy theory. Um, you know, a lot of times when you know, and I look at the the nature of the show, well, you know, uh, it are black women uh, against or even being pit against black men. Yeah, so mm-hmm. so I think uh, I think this is a, a a tactic all too familiar when I you know be, became um, in, into a knowledge of, of myself and knowing things. I started to reach out and learn a lot more, and then I learned uh, a, a lot of different um, tactics that you know the same system, the power infrastructure they they employ certain tactics, and it is a one where they would pit you know the woman against. The, the man uh, Because us as black men We we don't have power here We us Our black women They don't really have power here I'm look, I'm, as, as you guys were speaking about the topic I'm thinking about Lizzo And everybody's talking about Lizzo And her uh, you know breaking it down Showing her big 
Uh, but, you know, all in a public place like that, and there were kids and children around. And you think right. about the overwhelming amount of uh, uh, over-sexualizing, the raunchiness. This is a thing that actually sells. And you think about slave time, you know, uh, the slave master would hold a meal or hold whatever in front of the slave to get them to do whatever to get that check or to get, you know, whatever resource it is. And you kind of see the same thing happening now where people, they justify, hey, I got to get this check, I got to do whatever. But you see the dynamic in which, you know, the women are feeling like, hey, because I can wear less clothes, I can go out there. And and I think this kind of creates a toxic uh, femininity rather than it being the functional woman that is needed inside our black families. You understand? I can recall when I came up, I'm 40 years old, but mothers could, you know, sit with their with their daughters and maybe pass down um, wisdom and things of that nature um, by braiding their hair. Right. Because that was a that was right. a tradition, right? We used to see that greasing there. This is something that you would probably very rarely see. You know, we're mm-hmm. kind of going to the microwave. So rather than taking more time to have that mother daughter experience, mother's trying to push her off and send her to the hairdresser, or if she's putting something in her hair, it's gonna be so quick that they don't really get that chance to bond. And, you know, like I said, it, 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 it's definitely a, a very bad thing that we are up against because when our women fail, we as black men within the family, within the community, we are failing. You know, so I think it is uh, very good that, that you guys can engage in discussions such as these that can bring uh, attention to, to, the, to the callers and to the listeners out there in radio world. Um, you know, they can be listening to, to the meat and potatoes of the show. Well, I appreciate that, my brother. And if you want to hold on and keep listening, I've got another call yes, on sir. the line, and I want to go into one more question with Armani before we go into some more music. Uh, Armani, as as yes, sir. as we've seen, and and and, and Doctor Farrak or Louis Farrakhan's daughter has stated that this power uh, struggle or or dynamic has changed, and. Later on, we're going to talk about ways that we can change that back. But in the meantime, in, in, in the system of where you look around with employment, with, when, you, when you look around in government, uh, back in the day, it was, it was fashionable for black men to get in government, education, uh, the blue-collar jobs. I see a lot of women with as bus drivers, UPS drivers. The kind of jobs right. that normally back in the day black men would have had, and now they're not going to black men. Or would, would you say black men are not applying for those jobs, or is this dynamic that Farrakhan's daughter is talking about, is that they're giving those jobs to women on purpose? Uh, first of all, I want to – the sister, her name is Donna Farrakhan, so, I mean, she is a separate from her father. You know what I'm saying? I think we just – sister Donna Farrakhan – I, I would I would like that personally, you know what I'm saying, um, because I think that um, you know her father he, she's still on, on her father's name, which is Farrakhan. We know so we know quite naturally she's kin to him in some way. But Donna, sister Donna Farrakhan, um, I think that what what she's saying is 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 like I said, it's very valid and it's very accurate. Yet on one hand, there are some other things that we're dealing with when we're talking about black men. Black men right now, we are suffering from 
even just a basic fear, as I was telling somebody, people talk about the struggles of different people, and even our black sisters definitely have some struggles. But we are in an all-out war on one hand, even just for our very life. You understand what I'm saying? The stresses that come mm-hmm. with being a black man in America, nobody else in America feels that. Like, nobody. Right. I, not, not, you, you, cannot, you cannot know what it's like to literally be think that you can be sitting in your house as a black man right. and you know what I'm saying like like someone basically knocks on your door and then you're no longer here. <laughs> you know, you know, walk into your Speak house and you're no longer here. Speak the truth. As well as you just walk in the street and you're just driving in your car. And it's not even just from from uh, 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 like one specific race of people. It's even against with your own, you understand, like your own race, your own brothers who look like right. you at times. You know, it's, so it's, it's an all-out war and has been an all-out war uh, for, for quite some time. And so those of us who have survived through this, part of what has happened when we break up the family and you say you don't need a man, but, you have, but you're having children by these men, right? So you have children and then you have boys by these men then these boys don't know how to navigate out here instinctually because they have no instincts, even though they call instincts, they're actually taught from the environment, usually through watching another man. And so if there are no men around, then the men, the boys never learn how to be men. And so by the time they get to a certain age, although they look like men, they've never had men over them. They've never had men teach them how to be men and how to conduct themselves amongst men, which makes them a man amongst men. And so, once again, they're boys amongst men, and there are many of us who are in the same age as the brother talked about who we didn't have that. But if we've survived this time, because many of us didn't have fathers, just like our sisters didn't have fathers, so our sisters, they don't know, they don't know how to accept black male authority many times or black male leadership in the household with them on a daily basis because at their jobs, it's usually someone else that looks exactly like them, another sister, or someone else of another race who's usually their boss. Rarely is their boss a black man. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And before we go any further, uh, we've come up to our, our half hour, our nine o'clock hour. We're going to come back with segment two of Donna Farrakhan's statement, and we're going to talk more about this subject. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to join into this conversation, give us a call at 347-439-5729. I got my good buddy Armani Valentino on the line. He's a best-selling author, and he's also a relationship expert, and we're going to talk about his new endeavors a little later on in this show. But right now, we're talking about are black women being used to break up the black family? What's your take on that? We're going to come back, and I've got some more music for you with Mr. James Brown and Stevie Wonder. Here inside the Love Zone USA. So I want you to stick and stay for that because we're going to be back with more on this topic. And I want you to join in. Hey, this is Big Daddy Kane. And trust me, when it comes to love, there's no half stepping on the Love Zone USA.com. Get it. 
What's wrong with my John? What's wrong with my Henry? That he can't bring home no money to support his family. They don't know what's wrong, but they're asking, what's wrong? I'll tell you what's wrong. It is the white man who are in all of our affairs. This is his world and his kingdom. When he stole the black man from over in Africa, he never intended on him being a man. He never intended on him taking care of his woman. He never intended on him having power and authority. So in his world, in order to break him, he reverses the road and makes it seem like progress to us when we are out there working out in his vineyard. We are happy about our degrees we receive, the money we are making. But as we rise, he's pulling the black man down. If he meant good for us, we would be rising together, side by side. Donna Farrakhan there. And prior to that, you heard Stevie Wonder. I'm going to bring my guest back in, but I want to recite these lyrics from the song, Living in the City. It says, her brother's smart. He's got more sense than many. His patience long. But soon he won't have any To find a job It's like a haystack needle Cause where he lives They don't use colored people I'm Gonna bring my uh, Guest back in His name is Armani Valentino Armani So you heard Donna say that This was designed Not for us together To move ahead so with, with him reversing the roles of the woman and the man and making her basically head of household, anytime she makes more money, she's the head of household. This wasn't designed for us to move together. So what's your take on that when anywhere a black man goes today, like, like we said many years ago, it's like a haystack needle. It's a neighborhood where they don't hire colored people. And I think today that can be applied more so to black men. Right. And what do you have to say, Armani? Well, well it's amazing how important words are. I'm echoing things like here. I'm echoing things um, like here. Okay, let me, let me turn that other thing around. Yeah. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Let me get this off. Now, go ahead. So, like I say, it's amazing how important words are. It's still echoing quite a bit. Oh, you're still echoing. Let me let me cut my mic. Go ahead. 
All right, so it's amazing how important words are um, because what words do, words help to paint pictures, right? And so anytime you use certain words, even like in the song, and I'll get to the point, the question that you asked real quick, but if you look at the word colored, okay, as Stevie said in the song, even the fact that black people have continuously changed what we're called, and it's usually someone else decides what we're called, you know, or some other group of people decide, you know, what we, how we identify ourselves. And so the word colored is, um, represents past tense. So colored, ED, represents past tense. And so that means having had color. So black people definitely could not be colored people. So that was the first mistake right there where we, every time we look around, we keep changing our, our, our identity and how we see ourselves and what we call ourselves. Because colored would mean someone who, who no longer has color, which would mean, you know, in this particular case, anyone who considers themselves to be white or Caucasian. And so being able to identify you, who you are, and not being concerned with being accepted by a, a popular culture is uh, something that we've, we've kind of gotten into. And what happens when you do that, then you don't get the opportunity to be you. And anytime you're not the opportunity, you don't, you're not you, then you're operating outside of the will of God for you, for your people, for your life, for your world, for your community, and your place in it. And so what has happened is, is that since we live in a society where money is important, money is, is, is you know, as Zig Ziglar said, right up there with oxygen, right? If you don't have the money, many times you don't have the resources. And if it's not made as easy as it is for your woman, then, of course, there's going to be some struggles and, and, and some problems. I'll give you a perfect example. When I was 22 years old, I moved back to Texas, Canada at that time, and the, uh, my college sweethearts came with me. And uh, we both had uh, degrees. My degree was in finance. Her degree was in accounting. And we were both in graduate school getting our MBAs at that time. And she got an interview with Eves. I didn't. She got a job with Eves. I didn't. I ended up getting the interview, but I got an interview only after one of the shareholders at the bank met me, and he wanted to know what I was doing and what I had a degree in. And he said, well, I'm, I'm one of the shareholders in, in, in this bank or whatever, and and a lot of that, I'll get you an interview. And they, of course, I got an interview, got a call from the vice president. So to go from get, not even getting an interview to getting a call from the vice president of the bank, uh, that was a big difference, right? To getting an interview, but I knew that the interview I was getting was, you know, basically an interview just to say, okay, we fulfilled this promise or, you know, for this individual. So when I've experienced that firsthand, and one of the ways that that has to the one of the only ways I know for that to uh, be counteracted is for the black family to be able to be together as we were in the past. In the past, the black family was after during the civil rights movement, the black uh, power or the black uh, arise came from the black family. And so at that particular point in time, the way that they set up to be able to uh, uh, destroy the black power struggle for Mr. King, um, Donald Balazs Muhammad, for uh, Marcus Garvey and a long list of other individuals, NAACP, SNCC, um, all, all those different organizations was the black family. When you don't have the family, then you don't have the income and the basis and the, the, um, uh, 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 the opportunity to have the togetherness that you need in order to take yourself up. And so if you go up and I don't come up 
as well, then we're not up. Because then when it comes time, everyone plays a different role within a community or within a, a, a unit that's there. And so the man plays an important role and the woman plays an important role. And so if the woman thinks that she only uh, uh, plays a role specifically by herself, then what happens is is that certain things are missed out with the children, which then mess up the next generation. And I'll cut this short right here real quick. You cannot build generational wealth without family. Okay? You can get rich. You can make a lot of money. But you cannot build generational wealth without families. Because if your father is here and your mother is there and they're trying to teach you, you're getting two totally separate uh, schools of thought. Most of the time your father's going to go and he's going to get married and maybe the mom, mom might get married or whatever. The whole goal of staying together as a family is to create wealth. That is what racism is. It's a race for wealth, for uh, wealth, um, for wealth, which is the acquisition of land, property, and valuable resources. People begin to argue, fuss, and fight anytime your families are spread out over here and over here and over here and over there. And we've seen that in multiple races across across the board. But the reason why other groups of people have been able to move further ahead is because they stayed together as family, as husband and wife and children. And then the next generation, you teach the same thing. Next generation, you teach the same thing. Well, you bring up the, the what what is going to be in the next segment, which I think the solution oh, will be entrepreneurship, <laughs> which we're going to talk about, and and that entrepreneurship. Because if black men are getting jobs, uh, are they going to go out and be hustlers? Or you know, if you if you're talking about somebody who's hustling in the street, we're talking about selling drugs, or selling something. Right. So right. now I'm going to take it to another another phase of. Okay, so the black man's not getting jobs. Uh, let's go to entrepreneurship, and we're going to talk uh-huh. about that in the next segment. But my, my, my feeling at this particular point, trying to have black women understand, I want to make the point that black men aren't lazy. Black men aren't trying no, to get not at all. Des- uh, degrees. Right. And these boys who are getting this drug that is saying that most of the black young boys are getting ADD or ADHD, mm-hmm. and this is not being uh, common for black girls. Ladies, you have to pay attention. Pay attention to what we're talking about tonight. Don't let these boys get on this drug, first of all. Secondly, don't let the school railroad you into thinking that all of these boys are having that problem because that's going to at attention deficit. Naturally, he's not going to do well in math. He's not going to do well in reading. And what did I say at the beginning of the show? By those scores, if that black boy doesn't do well in those two areas, the government knows how many prisons that they need to build. So what we're trying to lay out here is a blueprint and a solution. Now we talked about the problem. When we talk about entrepreneurship, when we come back, we're going to try to get into the solution of this whole, I guess, layout, a blueprint. If you want to say this is a hypothetical scenario, that this isn't real, well, let's leave it at that. And I know there are probably some women saying out there that it is in your mind that this is happening. Okay, let's say it is. Let's say I'm just manufacturing this up and this theory is bullshit. You're not. Now we're going to give you another solution. 
when we come back as to how we feel we can solve this, what I call hypothetical <laughs> problem. And, and, and Armani and I are going to talk about that when we come back, because we're going to be back in just a minute. And this is going to be our last segment, but we are definitely going to talk about entrepreneurship here on the lovezoneusa.com. Oh, the darling. 
Dion Warwick. And just to let you know, a house is not a home. If there is no love in it, I'll make sure there's love made inside the Love Zone USA's home Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with host Mike T. So tell a friend and tune in this Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Love Zone USA. See you then. If you see me walking down the street and I...
So, Armani, for this last segment, Ms. Farrakhan says, Donna says, women have lost their femininity because they've taken the role of the man. And if that is the case, then what puts the man in charge more than him being head of household? And I want to talk about this entrepreneurship and the way black men can not only help one another, but let's talk about the black woman investing in a black man. Do you have any thoughts on that area, uh, Armani, before we close up? Uh, absolutely. I think um, I guess I think you said three different things here. Uh, when it comes to black women losing their femininity, uh, quite naturally, um, women there are certain roles I believe that uh, women are more naturally suited to uh, be, be successful, and then there are certain roles where men are more naturally suited or they'll be successful. And that's, it doesn't matter race on that. And so anytime when you have men uh, going, women going into roles, many times that men uh, would and probably should go into um, for work, but also in the household, it definitely begins to change their uh, chemical makeup because everything happens through the mind. So if someone is not in their natural state, uh, they're going to uh, change and alter their chemical makeup in their body. So it actually would even affect their hormones and therefore many times uh, messing with their the balance there of testosterone versus estrogen. And I know plenty of uh, friends of mine, female friends, uh, black and white, but more black than white uh, females who uh, that has happened to. And then also something else that happens with that is uh, – Many of the women aren't cooking like they should be. And anytime you're not cooking, you don't know what's going into your body. And that's a very important role in raising a family, children, and also in taking care of of the men or a man in your house. And even more, and also yourself. And so if someone else is cooking your food, you don't know what they're doing. And many of the foods that we have out now for many years have been hormone-filled, uh, with all sorts of things that were affecting uh, women in general, but definitely black women the most with um, all sorts of uh, uh, feminine issues and female issues that they've had. Uh, we've seen a rise in um, uh, fibroid tumors, uh, fibromyalgia. We've seen a rise in um, uh, women having uh, issues with cysts on their ovaries. Uh, plenty of them. I've had multiple friends of mine. We're talking in their 30s. Um, black, and even a few of my Caucasian uh, female friends have had these issues because of the foods primarily and different chemicals and things that are in just the products and everything that they're using nowadays. And so it's a lot going on. There's there's an all-out war going on on the black family and has been for quite some time. And if we're going to make some things better, you have to find a way to get off of someone else's job. And I personally think that if you're you're a woman and I've seen this happen many many of, of many races of men and women. And I actually wrote about this and this is why I won't marry you because I had a gentleman, this is a, this is a white man. He told me this, he said, 
He said, um, and, and it's, it's called One Way to Wealth, and, and uh, this is why I want to marry This is what he told me. I was 20 years old. He said, listen, this is what me and my wife did, okay? He said, I couldn't get a job. He's a white guy in Missouri. He couldn't get a job. He didn't have a degree. She did. She had a degree, and um, she was working as an accountant. She had one child. The father had left um, and, you know, wasn't around at all, like just totally abandoned his family. And so he met this young lady. And she was actually just a few years older than him, but he had some work ethic. He had some hustle about himself. So he took on a 100% commission sales job, right? And in the midst of taking on this job, what he did was she was making, I don't know, maybe $50,000 or so back then at that time, which wasn't a lot, but I guess it would be equivalent close to about 80000 or so, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 now. And um, she worked, and they lived off of her income, Okay. While they lived off of her income 100%, he was on a 100% commission sales job door-to-door in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, right? He got up every day, worked hard. They made this agreement, and they did that. At the end of the year, they had saved up every commission check that he had, okay? Every commission check that he had. Needless to say, she has not had to work since that time. He owns apartments. He owns car lots has a huge house, probably one of the biggest houses in this little town that, that, you know, where I met them at in Missouri back when I was 20. And all of the children do well. That son of his that was not his actual son went on to college, done well for himself and is doing well even now. But he has multiple businesses. And that woman hasn't had to work another day in her life since then. You understand what I'm saying? So he told me, he said, this is one way I know to wealth. It worked for me. If you can find a woman that will do that, I believe it'll work no matter you being a young black man. And he told me that many years ago. So. Mike T. Are you here, my brother? Hello. Hello. Are we on the air? Hello. Yes, sir. Hey. Um, Hey. Did we lose someone? I'm not sure. This <laughs> this is Steve. Just listening to the program. Just called in. <laughs> I got you. Maybe we did. I'm not sure if my, if Mike T is on here right now or not. Uh, how you doing, Steve? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Well, listen, man. Great show. Uh, wise words. Um, I think as far as our our our, our situation is concerned, um, and all in our so-called community. I mean, I think um, it's a problem that we, we we have to solve. And when I say we, I'm primarily right. thinking about the men. Right. Um, it seems that there, there's a lot of good, a lot of good information out, but there's just so many problems. It's almost, it's hard to get a handle on Man. without some Agreed. sort of organization. Uh, when Agreed. I say organization, I don't mean an official organization. No, you mean organized amongst one another. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and I, you know, I think it just starts with with a discussion. I mean, I, I think um, uh, meeting and planning and strategizing and building a program and a project under those projects under those you know those major programs. I agree. All it takes is all it takes is really just sitting down in front of a whiteboard or just start. You know, there's so right. many problems. Just start with one, right? And they're all right. connected. 
Um, I, I just I don't find um, that there's a lot of tolerance for doing that. I agree. Um, I, I think there's a lot of uh, tolerance for those things that might be a little easy. I think it's fear. Um, I think it's fear because when you, uh, like, let's take a, a big, what's one of our big problems? Let's just say um, police brutality. Right. So it's kind of easy to, 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 to be emotional. It's kind of, and I'm not saying it, 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 it's a bad thing, but, you know, to get out and protest and that kind of thing. But it's pretty difficult and it's pretty fearful to sit down at a table behind closed doors and say, okay, we're going to solve this problem. We're going to put everything on the table. All solutions are now on the table. How far are we right. willing to go? Right. And then you look around and you look at the fear on everyone's face. <laughs> I right. mean, I think a fear drives a lot of this because when you have to sit behind, when you have to go behind closed doors and you have to sit down and face each other and say, okay, we intend to solve this problem. Where do we start? Right. Um, that's when the work begins. Right. And so I think with men, and I'm not saying women are excluded necessarily, but I'm just talking from a male standpoint, we have to be willing to sit down and just start, right? right. Just start writing on a whiteboard or writing on a piece of paper, okay, what what is the problem? Call out the problem and then just start looking for solutions. And right. I like your discussion because you're talking, one of the solutions is entrepreneurship. I have a program. That, Absolutely. that I'm helping black people with for free, me and another brother of mine, because we're both consultants, business consultants, and we're helping young entrepreneurs for free. Um, and it's just, it, it's just, it's one of the problems, but we need to have, there's so many problems even in that that we could solve, right? Right. So, you have people who have situations and one of the problems I'm finding with the people that are coming into our program is that they're going to these mentorship programs and they're very frustrated. Um, they're getting, you know, the retired person who, you know, is helping out entrepreneurs, usually white or some other race. And they don't really care about these, you know, these, these young black people or these black people that are coming in you know, mm-hmm. they kind of give them generic information and, you know, right. that kind of thing, and they're just not helped. Right. So, you know, we're here to help, to help with that, but where do we go? My question to you is how do we start actually really helping people? Not, you know, not throwing no, out information. Quickest, I'm sure it's being done in a lot quickest. of places, but how do we organize it? What I got told years ago, man, when I was praying, I was 26 at that time. And what I saw, and this is just me, and I've been all across the country, and I've talked to probably now more about 500, 600,000 personal conversations over the last 13 years, right? Uh-huh. And black men and black women are not making a commitment to one another. You we're looking oftentimes at other people, right? If you take uh-huh. I don't know, how old are you? you mind me asking how old you are? Uh 
I'm <laughs> I'm in about fifty. Okay. Well, great. You at fifty and you at thirty, right? Mm-hmm. There are some core values that are the same, but you're a different guy. Right. Okay. Many women probably want you at fifty, but there were probably quite a few women who didn't really want you at twenty five, twenty six. 30, 35, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because you may not have arrived to where you are now. Okay? And so women aren't being taught, neither are men, but women are not being taught how this relationship thing goes. You find someone you love. You find someone who loves you. You all figure out what you want for your life, and then you all stick with that and you work towards that. Understand that on average it's going to take you 20 years. If you get there before that, praise God. But you need to try and make it those 20 years. You understand what I'm saying? If you're trying to get to this place of wealth and comfort where you can now give in ways and help other people the way you are hopefully wanted to help people in your 20s. So from 22 to 42, okay, when I graduated college, I said, okay, I was with a young lady. I had a finance degree. She had an accounting degree. 22 to 42, 20-year plan, basically. I'm an entrepreneur. This is what I'm doing. She worked. Okay, wonderful. She couldn't stick five years, basically, barely. You, you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. To To build up what needed to be built up during that time. Another young lady, two and a half years. Well, hey, they all left. You know what I'm saying? They all left. And now I'm 39. And so during this time frame, what could have been built even more had one woman just stuck? You know what I'm saying? Now, I've done pretty decent. You you feel me? Because the foundation for what we're building, if you look at any other race of people, any other race of people, the foundation in helping solve those problems, the main start is with healing and the black family and creating more black marriages to people who are going to do everything in their power to stick and stay together, have black children, build black businesses, attend black colleges. Do you understand? Open up, vote black individuals into different councils and, and city governments and, into office and you, you know, whereas we're being taught don't have no kids. The educated ones of us, we're being taught don't have any kids. So then the other population amongst black people, they're out here just having any and everybody kids. And so Pookie and Ray Ray, they got 10 baby mamas, literally six baby mamas, you know, 15 kids. You understand? And so now individuals who don't have as many now our tax dollars are going to help take care of them. And this is not just in black, you know, society as well uh-huh. as, you know, as others also. But if we can begin to teach as young as possible how to develop, and then those individuals who are in relationships right now who are young, teach them how to develop and stick and stay together, which is something that used to happen. People nowadays, oh, he ain't treating you right, girl, gone. Man, she ain't, man, gone. There's no stick to itness or commitment. Even in our rallies and our parties and our, our movements that we have, how long are they lasting nowadays? About a week, two weeks? If you go past two weeks nowadays and you relevant, 
and you and what you're doing is still relevant after two weeks. You've done something like you. It, it's really important. You feel me? Now, I, I hear what you're saying, and I I I, I agree with that. But I I think it's like the old model of general like of the car companies, you know, back in the seventies. Um, you know, or the eighties, really. Um, the American car companies were really putting out trash. I mean, the cars just didn't last long. It was pretty easy once the Japanese got going and kind of overtake the car mm-hmm. market because right. Not because the workers. It was funny because it was like, oh, the workers are not as good. It had nothing to do with the workers. It's funny, my father worked with them. But it had nothing to do with the workers to work as hard as they, they could have been the hardest workers ever in the history of the world. The cars still would have been trash because they were designed wrong. Right. And so the problem is that a lot of these organizations and things, they're designed incorrectly. I agree. That's why they don't last. They're not engineered correctly. Right. Excuse me for speaking like this because I'm an engineer, but they're just. No, bro, I understand. I can can tell that already. I I listen to the language. They're they're, they're, they're not. They're not. They're not designed correctly, so they're going to fall apart. Right. And 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 it's the same with relationships. We we don't design them. We we have yet to even figure out. I think. For the most part, why we would get into a relationship? Right. Like, what what is the purpose? What is the ultimate purpose? What exactly are we trying to do with this? Well, Besides I, I want to jump in, in here real things, quick you know, because yeah, because I hear where you guys are going, and we only got ten mm-hmm. minutes left. And and I appreciate you, Steve, for for coming on. And uh, we're not going to solve this in ten minutes, but I'm going to throw out one other point and piggyback off what. Armani said before we close up and I want you to hang in there with me and I want to make this real quick ladies you heard both gentlemen I think Armani had some points and I think Steve is bringing the biggest point is that it's got to be a discussion if if the only mm-hmm. takeaway from what he said is it's got to be a discussion what was the purpose of this show tonight and let me close with this I'm not going to close totally but I just want to bring this one last point up what Armani talked about if my theory is just a, a, a hyper, you know, it, 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 it's a hyper theory, then how do you reverse engineer this real quick? Ladies, you got to find a man that you can believe in, that you can invest in. I hear the word mm-hmm. build, B-U-I-L-D. Build together. Well, if he can't get a job, is he a plumber? Can he start his own business? You have to find a man you can invest in. And let me let me take it a step further. And let me give you the blueprint. That corporate job, that $100,000 a year that you got and he can't get, take 50 of it and invest in him. The other 50 you live off until his business, you build it. Now, I'm not saying build that without paperwork, just in case somebody wants to fly the coop. This is a strategy this is a plan. This is a discussion. And once you build the business, guess what? There are more black-owned businesses where more black men can be employed and more black women can be employed. You no longer have to work in corporate America. And that I'm going to close with that. Brothers, I thank both of you for coming on the show tonight. But before I let Armani go, I want to talk about his run for uh, judgeship in uh, 
and and why don't why don't you tell our audience about that? Because it's better <laughs> you talk about it than me. And I want I want to give you the platform to talk about that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Steve, thank you, man, so much for coming on. Hopefully, we can get Steve back on because I I really enjoy you know talking with Steve. Yes, as Steve. well. Feel free to call in anytime, man. You know, time is a little. Short. We got seven minutes left, and I definitely want to give yes, Armani to Florida. He can talk about his uh, new uh, 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 potential status. Yes, Thanks sir. again, yes, fellas. Sir. Great yes. show. I will call back in. Thanks. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. And so, so uh, I meant to ask him about his organization also, but um, what I'm um, um, doing is I'm running for uh, Bowie County Judge, and what that is is the county judge is uh, the individual primarily responsible for the budget within a county. It's a very important role that's often overlooked. And uh, they have some other responsibilities, but they, they are the budgeting uh, the budget officer for the county. And so many times when money aren't going here or going there or wherever they need to go or most needed, um, the county judge kind of has a role in the hand in, uh, in that any of the infrastructure and the public facilities and things of that nature. And so I'm running for that. I figured that it would basically be um, a good a good time and a good position for a young man, um, late 30s, uh, to kind of bring some new fresh blood into a county where you have about 40, 40 between 40, 42, 43% uh, people of color in the county, as well as um, about a third of the people within the county of all races um, aren't doing well financially. And since I'm a strong believer in entrepreneurship, and I definitely understand that uh, how money works in a relationship and how important it is to a marriage and to being able to have home ownership, which is the foundation for building individual family and community wealth, I want to be able to hopefully bring in some businesses and some um, infrastructure to the area and just really get everyone uh, moving in a, a upward, upwardly mobile direction for an overall better uh, quality of life for everyone in the county. And so I've decided to run. This is the first time that uh, a black man, or I believe even a woman or a person of color, has has ran. And so I'm looking forward to that. If you're interested in uh, donating uh, to me, you can easily go to my website, Armani Valentino. Dot com. Also, I'll have up this year coming up, I'll have um, it'll be uh, Bowie County Judge 2020.com. You can also be able to go and donate there and support the campaign. And so I'm just looking forward to it. I also want to use it to inspire uh, young people to to kind of go for their goals, dreams, and aspirations in life. And and when when is the deadline for this donations, or when will will the the time be up? Man, for people, people people can donate. People can donate all year. They can donate all year round um, to the uh, to the campaign. The primary election is in in March, uh, March third, twenty twenty, and then the um, the uh, major campaign is uh, is going to be in November third, uh, two thousand twenty twenty. November third, twenty twenty, and yeah, so they they can do they can donate every month. They can donate ten dollars a month, uh, fifty dollars, hundred, whatever whatever God put in their heart to do. Um, it's a large county, and I'm running on a Democratic uh, uh, ticket. And there is a the current individual who's in office. He was selected in office, and he'll have uh he'll have some major support. We have one one of the uh, top four uh, four four hundred uh, individuals is in uh, in in this city, 
And so I'm sure he's going to support uh, the other candidate. But if not, then, hey, I'd love to be able to make sure that I have enough uh, financial support to be able to go door-to-door, get volunteers, all the signs, everything to really run an actual campaign while I'll be able to win. Armani, thank you so much, man, for joining me on this uh, crusade, on this particular show. I definitely wanted to do it, and uh, and I'm glad that Steve thought it was something worthwhile for us to at least open up the door for discussion. Armani, we wish you the best. I'm going to, you know, always, uh, you know, be here, so Anytime yes, you need sir. to call in and, and have some people, we drum up this uh, promotion and, and, and donations. Uh, the mic is yours. <laughs> man, I, appreciate, mic is I appreciate it, yours. man. I, I want to continue this conversation that we had also. Uh, man, I think it was great. And I think, as, as Steve said, we need to have that conversation. So let's see if we can continue it. Oh, oh I, I plan on probably making this a part two for sure. And on that note, uh, thank you again, Armani. I'll be back in touch. And to you, the audience, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Hopefully you've learned some things and you've got some education and new perspectives. And that's what the Love Zone is all about, to educate, elevate, and entertain. On that note, as I always say in closing, I've enjoyed your company. Hope you've enjoyed mine. For those of you who did, I'll see you another time. Whatever you do, do it with two. It's more fun than one. And until next week, when we come back with our Christmas show, you be good. Take care. We're sending out all our love. On the LoveZoneUSA.com. Yeah.